0: Good morning to everyone this morning, greetings in Jesus' name. Jesus makes it possible for us to come to God and bring our requests like Jonathan drew our minds to this morning. We say greetings in Jesus' name many times, but um, we need to think about and think about the privilege that we have to come to God in Jesus' name. I have just a touch of a cold this morning, and you may be able to hear it in my throat. So um, as you think about it, you can breathe a prayer for me this morning. I want us to think about the word intentional this morning. Um, I don't know if that's a word that you use in your vocabulary or not. It's not a word that I used a lot, but it's a word that I've thought about more recently um, being intentional, and then recently I was listening to a book called Digital Minimalism, and more or less it's, it's, it speaks about these little smartphones that we carry in our pocket, specifically the smartphones, and how we use them, and becoming intentional about the way we use them. And it's not that book is not written necessarily from a Christian standpoint. It's written from a from a standpoint of somebody that I don't. He doesn't speak about being a Christian, and yet as we as you take what he says about being intentional about our use and what it's doing to us, and apply Christian principles, it really makes you think. <clears throat> so I've been thinking about this word intentional. The meaning of the word intentional is done on purpose or deliberate. And other words that we can think about, maybe synonyms would be calculated. So we think about the way we respond. A conscious decision, a conscious is the word, planned, and then as I already said, deliberate. <clears throat> if I had a title to the message this morning, it would be, Living intentional lives for God. I believe that the intentional use of technology to that which pleases God, which is where we need to be, will only happen as we are intentional about our walk with God as a whole. Do we believe that the Christian life as a whole, our Christian life, takes intentionality? Does our way of life show to others what we believe? Do the people around us, the the ones we rub shoulders with, um, the world, our fellow Christians, do they see an intentional life for God? Or do they see kind of a passive life for God? And as I was sitting in Sunday school this morning, I thought, you know, Saul, Saul sinned. But Saul had kind of a passive view, it seems to me, um, after he was... Uh, after he was anointed king, it seems like he let his power go to his head and he wasn't very intentional about following God especially as we thought about um, destroying the Amalekites. It's so easy to become lax and passive in this world that we live in today. I think we all would say we want to live intentional lives for God and yet the world and all, that it, all its enticements have a huge pull on us. Many times, very subtly, we don't even realize it right away without our knowing. And we, become, we start to become passive about our Christian life. It happens with the way we think, in our speech, the way we react to things that come our way, our use of time and our use of money and the way we relate to others. And the list could go on, I'm sure. What drives us to be intentional? And this thought came to me up at the Anabaptist Financial Seminar that I went to the other week. Is it not our focus and our vision? And I I want us to think about that, become, keep thinking about that as we go through the message this morning. We each have a focus or a vision, and what would that be? It's the end goal. Where are we heading? Is it not heaven? <clears throat> Complete obedience to the Lord. You know, we think about, so if, if you were running for president of the United States, would you not be in very intentional? We look at people that run for president or run for office. They are very intentional. They, they do all they can to get all the votes that they can. If you think about what you like to do, if you really if you are intentional, I mean if something that you really want to learn to do or something that you like to do, you are probably intentional making the correct decisions to to go in that direction. Does our short-term actions what the the little decisions that we make every day line up with our long-term vision? I feel certain that everyone here would say that they want to bring honor to God and ultimately make it to heaven. That's our long-term goal. But do our daily lives line up? We will not make it to heaven if we have a passive attitude toward the little decisions that we make every minute. We will need to be intentional about making those wise minute-by-minute decisions. And as you know, many times those little decisions are not the decisions that our flesh says to make. It's the decisions that maybe don't feel good, but it's the decisions that we make as we're focused on the goal. Turn to 1 Corinthians 9. I have a number of passages this morning. I'll ask you to turn to some of them if you care to and just read some of them. 1 Corinthians chapter nine. The Bible is full of examples and full of admonition Uh, about being intentional. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'll read from verses 24 to 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. If therefore so... I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So here's a wonderful, I think maybe the best, one of the best examples that we have of being intentional. And Paul is talking, he's, he is um, comparing our life to a race. And we've heard this comparison many times across the pulpit. We are in a race, like it says in verse 27, it says, and I keep under my body and I bring it under subjection. So if we are really truly focused and we are aiming toward the goal, we will be very intentional about the decisions that we make. You think of somebody getting to run, getting ready to run a race, they are intentional about the food that they eat, whatever comes into their body. Uh, they're intentional about the rest that they get. Everything they do, the little decisions. <clears throat> and as I thought about this, thought about I used to deliver furniture with a man that was a runner, and his goal, he always wanted to run a marathon, but he never ran a marathon. But He ran a half marathon one time, and that was pretty big uh, to him, and he went after that like he wanted to win that half-marathon. And um, I remember he liked pizza, it was one of the few foods that he would eat. But he got to thinking about pizza and how that would too much pizza would maybe not be beneficial to him as he was beginning to run a marathon. And so he was intentional about the decisions that he made because he was focused on a goal. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses uh, 17 and 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal." And the NIV says, for what is seen is temporary. So what we have here today is temporary or temporal. We are looking to something in the future. Um, I think it's just a very good verse. <clears throat> it refers to our light, affi- our light affliction, things that we endure here for the sake of Christ. For the sake of where we are going, our long-term focus. Matthew 6:33 says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." So picture someone looking to God, focusing on God, not looking around him at, at the world around him. Because as we know, if we look at the world around us, it makes us lose our focus. We are tempted to lose our focus on God, on the end goal. I have six points or areas that I have thought about that I think we need to be intentional in if we want to reach the goal. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but it is just areas that, um, that I have here. The first one is a bit all-encompassing. I think all the rest of them maybe come under this point. But we need to be intentional about the narrow way of following God. The narrow way. And you all probably have read the book or heard it read, Pilgrim's Progress, and I would have liked that time to go back and read this book again. But as I recall, Pilgrim's Progress, it's been a long time since I read it, Uh, Christian was on a narrow road, and he went through cities and uh, hardships that pulled him, wanted to pull him from the narrow road. But he was intentional about, he was looking toward the goal. And if, if I recall right, different times in that story, he would see the celestial city and it would spur him on. And so if we can have a focus on the celestial city, we can be spurred on. <clears throat> Let's turn to Matthew um, Matthew chapter 6, and I just read one verse, but I'd like to read a few more. Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, and I would like to read uh, 31 through 34. I already read 33, but now we'll look at the whole passage. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or... What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. <clears throat> is it possible to worry about the things of this life and... And that can be pretty large encompassing, but thinking especially of materialistic um, things that draw us away, is it possible to worry about them so much that we lose our focus? And I think you would know the answer, yes. Um, you don't need to turn to it, but Luke 12, uh, 16 to 19, Jesus gives the parable of the rich fool, I think it's called, um, where, where, where Jesus... Well, I think Jesus was speaking, and someone asked, he said, Lord, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And then Jesus gave this parable, and thinking about what was this man's problem? This man's problem was he was worried about his inheritance. He was worried about materialism, and he was obviously distracted from the end goal. And so Jesus told a parable that tried to bring this man and bring the rest, including us today, around to think about what is our focus, where is our focus. <clears throat> Flip over to Matthew 7. Um, in my Bible, it's just the next page, verses 13 and 14. says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. It's easy to find. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. We need to have a focus if we're going to keep on that narrow way. The second point, we need to be intentional about our devotional life, about our relationship about our communication with God. God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So think about the book of the law that Joshua had at that time. He didn't have much. We, we have it for the most part here today, and we have so much more. But God, in His instruction to Joshua in Joshua 1, has many things to say. In this verse eight, He says, "Keep in my word in my, in my words. Be intentional about being in my word, if you, want to pr- pro- if you want to prosper, and if you want to have good success." First Timothy 3:16 and 17 says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God." and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay? All Scripture is given by inspiration, and it's there so that we may be perfect and thoroughly furnished. So we have all we need in the Scripture, but we need to be intentional about staying in it. The Bible is a is an all-in-one book, we might say. It's all we need. And as I thought about this, I've actually gone and listened to uh, Brother Richard Hur's message, the last message that he had at conference twice. Um, I was actually unable to be there. I was traveling, and so I listened to it as he was giving to it, and I've listened to it twice. I think it was a really, really good message. And Brother Richard talks about... um, what is at the head of your table? And he says, truth and doctrine need to be at the head of our table. In other words, what is driving us? And as we think, and as I've thought about that, I think that is very key. Truth and doctrine need to be at the head of our table. And how do we get that? How do we cultivate that? One way is through a devotional life. An active and, and a devotional life that we are receiving something from god let's be intentional about being in the word and having truth at the head of our table and then the other facet we think about is in our prayer or in our in our devotional life is prayer philippians 4:6 says be careful for nothing or do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto god And many times in the Gospels, I'm impressed to how Jesus, Jesus that came from God, he was God. Many times he goes away by himself and was intentional about praying to God, receiving what he needed from God. And if Jesus needed that, how much more do we today if we are going to be intentional about being focused on the end goal? <clears throat> I believe that prayer is a hugely underestimated privilege that we have today. Um, maybe we take it for granted. And I would just encourage you, I encourage me, this, lesson, this message I meant to say at the beginning, I feel like it's to me this morning. Um, let us be intentional about exercising the privilege of prayer, talking to God. Number three, we need to be intentional about our use of time. Ephesians five, fifteen and sixteen says See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, not as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Paul said this, and if the days were evil in Paul's day, I suppose that they are much more today, and yet, you know, as we study that time, the days were evil then and they, they still are. The NIV there says, instead of redeeming the time, it says, making the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity. Do we, where do we come in that? I have room to grow. Colossians 4, 5, and I'm going to read this from the NIV. It says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Okay, thinking about the way we use our time. Are we making the most of every opportunity? We cannot be passive and do that. We have to be intentional to do that. Number four, we need to be intentional about our relationships. Who do we rub shoulders with? Are they drawing us closer to, or are they drawing us farther away from God? Are they drawing us... To focus on the end goal, thinking there about Pilgrim's Progress again. Christian had friends and I don't recall their names, but I think it was hopeful and faithful maybe, and that encouraged him on. And then he had friends that had really obvious names. Uh, we look at that story today, that, that distracted him, that seemed like, at first of all, that they were kind of going the same direction as him, but they were distracting him. And he realized that. Turn to Hebrews 10. I would invite you to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, and I would like to read verses 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. And the NIV says, let us consider how we may spur each other on. Are we being intentional about spurring each other on? Uh, That is, as we know, and I think we do a pretty good job as we come to church, and as we can encourage each other to spur each other on. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 6, turn back to 2 Corinthians 6, read a couple verses there, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 to 18, this is about being, do not be yoked with unbelievers is the heading in my NIV Bible. Be ye not unequally yoked with the unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So as we look at this backwards, in order for God to be our father, in order for him to call us his sons and daughters, we need to be separate from the world, separate from people and things and relationships that would draw us away from him. <clears throat> I think this is it's fairly straight talk. It's easy for us to understand, but maybe sometimes it's hard for us to put this into practice as as we think about that. <clears throat> Be careful who we are yoked with. Are there relationships that we have that are drawing us away? And sometimes it's not easy as Christian, it's not easy to, to ascertain that right up front. But as we look back, our relationships drawing us closer to or farther away from Christ. God created in each one of us the desire to have input from friends and and church members or church family, whoever that may be, input of others. But are we intentionally seeking out those relationships? That would draw us closer to God. And thinking about the same thing, but just with a little different twist. We all at times need counsel. We go to someone for counsel uh, to get their advice. Seek people to give counsel to you that have that are heading in the same direction that you are, that have the same goal, that are intentional about being focused on eternity, not people that are focused. On the earth. Number five, we need to be intentional about our speech. Turn to Ephesians four, Ephesians four, twenty five to thirty two. Wherefore, That it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The title of this passage in my Bible, and, and there again under the NIV, is living as children of light, and it doesn't seem like very long ago. I remember Jonathan preaching on this. I suppose it's been a year, year and a half or so. Um, this living as children of light. <clears throat> Paul shows here that living as children of light has a lot to do with our speech. This that I read has, is kind of focused on our communication, our speech, what it should be, Matthew twelve thirty six and 37 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. This is Jesus speaking. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Very sobering as we think about that, our speech. I think that we could take from, from these verses that... A passive response or a passive approach would be to let the world rub off on us in our area of speech. And I must say that I've been guilty of that in the past. Are we going to do that? Are we going to allow careless and unnecessary, or as the Bible says, idle words into our life, come out of our mouth? Are we going to be intentional about our speech and let our speech come under the lordship of Jesus Christ as we are focused on the goal? Number six, we need to be intentional about our use of money. We live in a world of ease and prosperity, and uh, we know that, we hear it, but we need to think about it materialism is a huge temptation we face today we live in a world of affluence you name it and we can have it materialism though focuses on self what we want and gets our mind off of the goal of God and his plan for us it draws us away from our focus And if I recall properly, and there again, I don't remember, but I believe that Christian was, in the Pilgrim's Progress, was focused, or I mean, was was drawn away at one time, and I don't remember what the story was exactly, but it was a city that was just uh, full of materialism. And he was tempted. But he saw the celestial city, and that was his goal. That was his focus. Turn to Luke 12. Luke 12, and I'm going to read, yeah, I guess I forgot I had this in here. This is the parable of the rich fool, and I drew the, your attention to this earlier, but now we'll read it. Luke twelve thirteen to 21, <clears throat> and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to thy brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And don't you suppose maybe he said this kind of a whiny way, I suppose. Tell him to to be fair. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, covetousness. for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth, possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? And then Jesus says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. So lest we lose the thrust of this, it wasn't the bar, the bigger barn necessarily that was the problem, but it was the focus, it was his it was this man's focus. His focus was materialistic and Jesus being God realized that right away. Lord, tell me, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And don't we get like that sometimes, maybe? Maybe not in that dramatic of a way. But are we tempted? Are we tempted with that? <clears throat> this, man was, this man was intentional, but he was intentional about the wrong thing. He was intentional about himself, and he was passive toward God. We need to turn that around. <clears throat> Genesis, I'm sorry. Hebrews, Hebrews thirteen five from the NIV says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And a couple other verses to go along with that. 1 Timothy 6, 9 says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And then also verse 17 of the same chapter, chapter 6 says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment." Matthew 6, 19 and 21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Think about the intentionality in those verses. We're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not here on this earth. There are many other verses that speak to the love of money, and as I was looking this up, there was a lot of verses, and I thought, I wonder how many, and so I googled it, and it says that 11 of Jesus' 40 parables had to do with money or riches, or at least spoke to money or riches. And so as we think about that, that's a problem that we have today, and yet it's a problem that... It's easy to feel like our toes are being stepped on maybe sometimes. <clears throat> so that's my that's the only six points that I have. However, I'd like to just think about a few examples in the Bible that were that lived intentional lives. And the Bible is full of of examples of people that made intentional decisions that weren't that didn't feel good necessarily, but that they were focused, clearly focused on a goal. And the Old Testament is full of those people too. They had a goal in mind. How much more do we today as we have the whole of Scripture? I think um, Philip Martin, I think it was Philip, um, recently in, in a sermon here talked about Joseph um, or was it you, Davey? I don't remember. it. But recently we had a, a sermon here that focused on the life of, or, or he used Joseph as an example. And we think about the life of Joseph. Joseph made some very intentional decisions. Thinking about his relationship there in the house with Potiphar's wife. And, and on, and look where those intentional decisions, as Joseph was focused clearly on something that was not the here and now. He was focused on something after. He, was, he had clearly been brought upright. Um, Joseph, had, Joseph made intentional decisions, and God could use him because he made those, de- those decisions. <clears throat> Joshua twenty four fifteen is a very familiar verse. Joshua's famous quote he says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the verses prior to that says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's an intentional decision. And, you know, I think we, each one of us, want that to be, that, want that to be our decision. And yet it's the little decisions on a daily, minute-by-minute basis is where it really comes down to. Is where the world can see is if we are really focused on the end goal. And I thought of others that I don't... I'm not going to read, read the stories. Ruth. Esther. And I've just read through Isaiah and Jeremiah. And I'm just finishing with Ezekiel. Those men, those men made intentional decisions that God called them to that didn't make any sense many times. To try to speak to the children of Israel and warn them. David and many others who made purposeful, calculated, deliberate decisions that kept them focused on the goal. And then, of course, we think about the Apostle Paul, and we've been reading a lot of his uh, writings this morning. And so, in closing, let's turn to Philippians 3. I invite you to Philippians 3. This is Paul's writings. Philippians 3, and I would like to read verses 7 through 14. So think about intentionality. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I counted all things but loss for the excellency of if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, think about focus here, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's, Paul is focused. He has a vision. He knows where he's going. And it seems like all of his decisions. He's saying all of my decisions. I am making. F- I'm making under that, under that vision. Under that focus. He says he was focused on the prize. For the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, also from the NIV, says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. I think I referred to that verse earlier. Every opportunity. Are we making the most of every opportunity? So my challenge to me and to you this morning, is to be intentional, is to live intentional lives. Think about the little decisions that we make. Are they intentional decisions that are going to definitely aim us and bring us toward God and our end goal? Or are they decisions that are passive, that we say, well, doesn't matter. Let's think about those decisions that we each one of us make. God bless you.